everyone, and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spiteri. Reunited! Allison Letha, I guess reunited, not in the strictest sense of the word, because, like, we, we had a show last week, Al, but we actually, we double recorded, so it's been uh, two weeks since since we got to actually talk to each other. How you doing? Good, good. I'm I'm doing good. I'm having a good, like, weekend. I had a nice long break for the Thanksgiving holiday. I'm just kind of bummed I have to go back to work tomorrow, but overall, I'm doing pretty peachy. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Um, yeah, pretty good. It's a, it's a lazy, lazy Sunday. I had a pretty productive weekend so far, so I'm just, like, literally doing nothing but recording podcasts today. Uh, so it's, it's gonna be a good day. <laughs> I, I went, actually, this morning, Al... I went and I got not only a double double, but a French vanilla medium sized uh, coffee as well. So I'm I'm actually double fisting. Wow. Okay. I totally pulled a you this morning and was like, oh, we're recording the podcast in like 30 minutes. I'm gonna run and get coffee. <laughs> and I wasn't late. Thank you very much. But I also got donuts. So oh. it's, it's a good morning. I I get donuts every time when I go. Uh, yeah. I, we I usually get an extra large coffee. Samantha will take maybe about 20% of that coffee and then I'll take the rest, but we'll, we'll each get like a morning donut. So that's kind of our morning treat to ourselves. Nice. Um, you know what, actually, maybe I should spell something out for, for all my, for all of you American listeners out there, which is the vast majority of you, by the way, um, <laughs> because on the Metroid podcast, uh, we, we had a really great listener of the show. His name is Minneapolis King. And when I said double, double, this guy thought that I was talking about like an alcoholic beverage. <laughs> and, and I was like, no, 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 no. It's like, it's a coffee. It's it's called Double Double because you have two cream, two sugar. So it's a it's a Canadian slang thing. So when I come on here Sunday mornings and I'm like, yeah, I got a nice Double Double. Uh, I'm not drinking on the job. <laughs> They're like, dang, this alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I am drinking I mean, on the job. but <laughs> Just dump some Irish cream in there or something. <laughs> oh, no. Ugh. That stuff is gross. I like, I like Bailey's. I like Kahlua. But I'm not a big Irish cream kind of dude, you know? Oh, there you go. Bailey's is always fine, especially during the holiday season, so. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I was, I had a random question. We're going to get to some Zelda stuff here in a second. But Al and I haven't talked for a couple weeks here, and uh, there's a lot, there was a lot to talk about. I, I had a random thought, actually. I was telling you before we started that I was listening to uh, some live music the other night. We, we heard this cover band. They were playing uh, Don't You Forget About Me by the Simple... Or talk, Talking Heads? No, Simple Minds, I'm sorry. By Simple Minds. And I was thinking to myself, like, this song by Simple Minds, Don't You Forget About Me, this might be, like, the greatest song of all time. Are there, are, like, I'm going to put you on the spot. I was thinking to myself about this last night. What, what do you think is, like, like contender for, like, the greatest song of all time? I was thinking, like, uh. I was thinking this song, and, and, like, part of me wants to be, like, okay, well, obviously, like, a Beatles song should be in there, but I feel like the Beatles have so many big hits that are all on, like, the same level that none of them kind of stand above the rest in, in such a large extent. So like, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, all right, we got, don't you forget about me. You got like tiny dancer, Elton John, you got Wonderwall. I think those could be in there. You've got like big Papa. I would put that in there. I, I don't know. What do you, what do you think is like the greatest song of all time Al? I don't, I can't answer that question. There's like, I'm one of those people that doesn't like, sit with a specific genre i like everything and i have my favorite songs but that doesn't mean everybody likes my songs and i don't know what everybody else likes i'm always nervous when i have my music playing i'm like i don't know if you like this but this is what we have so i i don't feel like i could answer that question it's a very daunting question isn't it it is like because you would have to choose something that virtually everybody likes and everybody gets hyped about every time they hear it because you know Songs can get tiring over time, and some people right. can just be like, oh, I'm so sick of this song now. But you would have to have something that meets all that criteria, you know, and I I don't know. I, I think that those songs do exist, though. Like, if you turn on the radio and let's say, let's say that Sweet Child of Mine, Guns N' Roses yeah, is playing, right? Like, I don't I don't yeah. know anybody that dislikes that song. Like, I love that song, right? No. Yeah. So I, I think that maybe that could be, like, a contender for that title, you know? Maybe yeah. not necessarily I mean, your favorite songs, but the ones that, like, everybody's just like, all right, this song rocks. Like, I love this. Yeah. I, I And I feel like, you know, Queen is universally oh, yeah. loved totally. most of their music, you know? So it's just, I don't know. It's hard to say. I was uh, I was singing Everybody Wants to Rule the World before we started getting going. That's another mm-hmm. banger. 
all-timer. Yep. So, yeah. We want to know what you uh, what you think about this greatest song of all time <laughs> debate that if we got going on. you can answer this question. It's hard. It's very hard. Um, yep. Speaking of debates, though, let's, uh, let's turn it over and uh, let's start looking at some of these daily debates that we have, that we've stolen from our writers. Uh, you know what? I'm going to pull an audible here, actually, Al. I'm going to pull an audible. And we're going to get to these daily debates in just a second. But I want to really quickly talk about the, the Game Award nominations. Because you and I actually didn't get to talk about that. They The nominations oh, yeah. got announced as soon as I went to... Or on vacation. I went to Montreal, by the way. It was, it was very, very, like, awesome city. Lots of cool pictures that I have. But, uh, nice. so the Game Awards came out. Uh, not really a ton of Nintendo stuff that was nominated, bar one game. Um... Which, of course, was Metroid Dread. Metroid Dread was nominated for Game of the Year. And uh, I think it was Action Adventure Game of the Year. But other than that, actually, even Metroid Dread didn't really get any nominations anywhere. And aside from the Best Family Game, which is usually a Nintendo-dominated category, they were really, really light on Nintendo games this year. Which I guess makes sense, because there wasn't really a whole lot released. Like, I feel like Metroid Dread was, like, the big Switch game of, of this year. And the rest of it was kind of like DLC, I guess, for Age of Calamity, or I guess uh, uh, SMT5 is a big game, but that's that's like not a Nintendo published game, or mm-hmm. developed game, rather. So, yeah, not pretty pretty light on news, but uh, or pretty light on nominations, but I don't know. Did you take a look at that list of nominations? Did anything kind of stick out to you, or, or anything just um, that you wanted to talk about? I honestly didn't. <laughs> I did see that uh, that drag got nominated for Game of the Year, which is awesome. It deserves it. So and, cool. Um, Metroid deserves some love, and I feel like Metroid's getting its love this year finally. But I, I mean, like you said, it's just been a dry year. I kind of feel like I was looking for stuff to play all year until this month, um, and then I was, and I have a hard time jumping between games, like playing more than one game at a time so i'm like i have to finish this before i start the other game so you know dlc came out for age of calamity i needed to do that um more content for animal crossing came out so i'm doing that right now i need to do dread i need to do the uh pokemon brilliant diamond and uh shining pro whatever those are i can't i've probably gone backwards whatever and i so i feel like they're all clumping their games their their content into the last two months of the year so i'm a little overwhelmed but aside from that like it was just bone dry all year so yeah there isn't really anything that i can imagine being on those lists that i really care that much about and hopefully the game game awards will be entertaining this year. I mean, sometimes they've got their moments, but if you're if you're having a couple of years like this in a row where it's like not the greatest is coming out because of, you know, the times and what's going on, it's a little it's a little dry out there. It's certainly a little bit dry out there. Um but at least this I was pretty excited obviously for Metro Dread to see that, yeah. you know, kind of have its time in the sun. I wasn't like I wasn't totally sure if Metroid Dread was going to get nominated for Game of the Year. I was thinking to myself, I'm like, I think the chances are pretty good. Because, like, it is a weak weak year. You know, most of the big games got delayed until next year. And Halo Infinite is is kind of out right now. I think the multiplayer is out, but, like, the regular game isn't out. I don't know how that's working. But I was like, okay, Metroid Dread can probably get in. And it did. But actually, if you would have asked me before the nominations released to put... 50 bucks on what game not only what i thought would get nominated but would actually win game of the year i would have said forza horizon 5 and that didn't even get nominated actually i was stunned that that Mm. didn't get nominated for game of the year because it seems like a very game awards kind of game you know yeah i i look forward to i don't know maybe next year is when you know the whole industry will have a comeback and there'll be stuff that's coming out um i was i was worried about drive because i wasn't sure there would be enough time because it only came out last month. So I was kind of worried, like, is that enough time for them to nominate it for the whole year? But I guess it was, so that's cool. But I'm hoping next year, you know, there's a comeback in the whole industry that we get a good solid year of content being released, reg- like, on a regular basis. And, uh, I mean, if you think about it, we got that Pokemon game. We got, uh, what is that, Triangle Strategy game that I'm really looking forward to. Um, yep. you yeah, got Sleeper Red Title, too. We have Advance Wars coming out, which is going to be awesome. Oh my god! You're it's really it's gonna be one. it's gonna be good. It's it's like Fire Emblem, <laughs> but with tanks and stuff. It's awesome. Oh my god! It is. 
Ser- like uh, the original Advance Wars was developed by Intelligent Systems, and it was basically like, <laughs> the exact same thing, but just with tanks. So oh tied. man, stuck on it. But I mean, yeah, the, the, exactly the point. It's like hopefully next year we're getting a lot of really good titles out. There will actually be a fight for Game of the Year. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. The the lineup next year is going to be daunting for sure. All right, yes. let's uh, let's talk some Zelda here. We got uh, we got absolutely nothing going on in the world of Zelda. Nothing. Actually, you know what? I'm gonna pull another audible here, Allison. I, I'm sorry. We're a little bit punchy on this show today. We're uh, as you can tell, we've got like a bunch of coffee here. We've got no Zelda news at all. There's tumbleweed blowing, but there was a particular piece of news that I saw that aggravated me that I did want to talk about for a quick second here. Now, um, the developers of age of calamity did an interview and uh and it was it was translated by a member of our own team actually uh dark ishitaki but the the developers did an interview with nintendo dream and during the course of this uh interview they asked them they asked the developers about aster okay did you see this al uh i think i skimmed it all right so they the the interviewers asked the developers about Aster, and they essentially were just like asking about uh, you know his backstory and uh, and what the developers kind of wanted us to get out of Aster the character, and you know what their intentions was with Aster the character, and uh, essentially essentially they the the developers tried to deflect this. But then they were asked again, and, uh, God, the, the answer was just, like, so aggravating uh, to me. Because they, they said, I'm going to quote this, actually. Um, it's true that we had established the character for that fortune teller to a considerable degree in-house, but in the base game, it ended up with almost nothing being said about him. This is a direct quote from the developer. So this guy is admitting that they said literally nothing about Aster other than he's a fortune teller. And that was it. Uh, They followed it up with this quote as well. This also follows the same syntax as Breath of the Wild and that we have intentionally left room for our players to... The translation's a little bit choppy here, guys. Sorry. Uh, Leave room for our players to all form their own different opinions and imaginations and impressions without revealing all the mysteries... More than dispersing all the mysteries, the fortune teller instead was uh, uh, excavated into a character that serves to broaden the fun of giving more depth and breadth to those mysteries. So they're basically <laughs> saying, like, yeah, we didn't want to develop his character, so like we're leaving it up to everyone to imagine what they want this character to be. I read that and I was just like, oh my god, this absolutely sucks. This this sucks. Like, no wonder this DLC turned out the way that it did when these guys are just like. Ah, let the players figure it out. I mean, okay, listen here. (laughs) That makes total sense for Breath of the Wild because they gave enough, and we're not going to get into this fight again, Andy, but they gave enough information that you can infer what you want. Everybody was able to infer what they want, and it was good, it was sufficient enough, but this was, there was no information to infer with. You can't interpret anything with what they gave us in, in Age of Clint. There's nothing. There's literally nothing. They just put this character there, and they're like, this is the bad guy, and, uh, you know, he's being used, obviously. He's a puppet, and that's all we got. There wasn't any little hints that you, or Easter eggs that you could be like, ooh, that, that pertains to Aster. No, there was nothing like that. Breath of the Wild did that just fine. This did not. Horrible. Just horrible. I, I read that, and I, like, I had heartburn reading that. <laughs> heartburn. This is horrible. I... I read that and I clenched my fist just thinking about the hours that we sunk into that DLC. And maybe that's why I felt so sour at the, at the end of the year towards Zelda here. Just because that DLC was like so underwhelming to me. But I was reading this interview and I was just like, come on. Like, like your your job as, as developer, part of your job is to, to give an engaging story with engaging characters. And to a degree they did that with this game, but certainly not with this character and it seems like they knew that and they just chose not to do it and it's just like man that's that's rough 
I feel like we're and we're ending this year in a little bit of a little disappointing note with the Zelda series overall, but I can't help thinking that we're at the end of November now. So we either have, you know, almost a full year, if not less than a year, of lots of Zelda content coming to us next year. So I'm I'm very hopeful and I'm looking forward to that. It's definitely not the best time right now. It's just like, man, there's literally nothing. I got nothing to go on here. But knowing that Breath of the Wild 2 is coming out next year, most li- I, I'm thinking holiday season, uh, then that means you've got like 10 full months of marketing that they're going to start throwing at us, hopefully pretty early next year, February, I'm guessing. What do you, what do you think the chances are that Breath of the Wild 2 shows up at the Game Awards, some kind of trailer? Uh, I mean... Give me a percentage. I, I, I'm going to say 36%, just because I feel 36, like they need okay. to spice it up somehow. <laughs> I don't know. It was just a random number I thought of. They need to spice up the Game Awards somehow. There's not a lot of content to go into these Game Awards. And I, like, like I said, I feel like the last few years it's just been getting more and more boring to watch these Game Awards. But... At the same time, I feel like Nintendo is really holding on, and they're going to, like, punch us with it at some point. Like, February and March is just really going to start hitting us hard. See, I, I don't think we're going to get that till E3. I really don't. Um, maybe, maybe in February, a direct where, like, we could see it. But So I, I'm going to put my percentage at 316% uh, out of 1,000. So... That's like uh, that's, that's not very good odds that we're gonna see Breath of the Wild two. I think that if 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 we do see Breath of the Wild two at the Game Awards though, it's gonna be another crappy sizzle reel trailer like we got at the last E three where it just shows like a very bare minimum amount of gameplay, no title, no nothing. Like I I think that the big curtain reveal for Breath of the Wild two is not going to take place at the Game Awards. It could take place at a Nintendo Direct, but I I just feel like a magnitude or a, a release of that magnitude is probably safe for E3, which is unfortunate. I don't know. I feel like E3 isn't enough time to market. I, I just feel like that's not enough time. I feel like they'll have a focus on it at E3 for sure, but I feel like they have to have a reveal beforehand title-wise and more like general story-wise because they have to market for at least... I mean, I feel at least six months. Uh, yes and no. I mean, Metroid was released or revealed at E3 and, and released in October, which is less time yeah, than that. Yeah, but that's Metroid. That, that's Metroid. <laughs> um, it's obviously a, a, like a B series compared to Zelda, which is like an S series. Uh, I don't know. I I just like I just don't see it being revealed in depth at a Nintendo Direct. I just I don't. I I see it being revealed at E3. The title, the the general hook of the game, and you know from there, there we go. Maybe we'll Nintendo thinks this game see. is going to sell itself, which I mean it probably will, to be honest. But I don't we'll know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. All right, we're we're like forever into this show. We haven't answered a single daily debate here, so let's <laughs> let's get it. Let's get to it all. Um, and the, once again, kudos to all of our incredible Zelda Dodger writing staff. They're bailing us out here because Allison and I are creatively bankrupt so uh let's let's go um this is from michaela should nintendo make a zelda racing game i say no Uh, no but i would love to have more zelda characters in like the next mario kart because you've got link in there but nobody else so i would love to see like the at least the main three that that was my yeah that was my asterisk no because i think like i think mario kart is just gonna evolve into like nintendo kart you know That'd be cool. They, That'd be they're really probably cool. still call it Mario Kart, but I mean, like, you've already got the Inklings, you've got Animal Crossing, you've got Zelda, you've got Donkey Kong. Like, just make it Mario Kart, or, uh, like, Nintendo Kart. Who cares, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I think it'd be fun. And, like, you know how you could choose different colors for Yoshi or Shy Guy? You could choose different uh, versions of Link or Zelda. That'd be cool. Yeah, so I think that that is going to happen. So... No to a Zelda racing game, but kind of yes also. All right. If uh, this is from Joseph, if Nintendo made an official Zelda set, what game should it be from? A Lego official. A Lego official. official Lego oh god. Set. The French vanilla is going right to my <laughs> synapses here. Ah, <laughs> uh, jeez. Um, I I don't know that it needs to be from a specific game necessarily. Like I guess maybe Ocarina of Time because that's like. I feel like if you had a Lego Zelda set, like, you'd want Hyrule Castle, you'd want Link and Zelda, obviously, and you'd want Ganondorf. 
But I think that you'd also want like the the blue pig Ganon as well. Um but yeah, I mean, so you'd want you'd want Hyrule Castle, I think for sure. Maybe they could have like a little Lon Lon Ranch set. That would be cool with Epona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. Anything else that you can think of, Al? I mean, I was kind of thinking that Wind Waker would translate well to Lego. Yeah, like, just yeah, okay. the Just the kind of cartoony look of everything would just look right on a Lego. And so, you know, I can imagine a little Outset Island or Windfall, um, a giant Valu Lego set that you put together a big old Valu with. That would be cute. Um... Or maybe, like, the creepy Earth Dungeon kind of set. That would be neat. Yeah, I'd be down for that. Um, You know, maybe they could do, like, maybe from each game. Like, they could have Skyloft as a Lego set. They could have uh, Clocktown as a Lego set. You could build the moon. Ooh, Clocktown would be awesome. That would be so fun. I can't really think of anywhere from Breath of the Wild. That would Maybe the the Great Plateau, but, I mean, like, that's a huge area. Yeah, Breath of the Wild's too big. Maybe like Hyrule Castle from Breath of the Wild, but that's pretty much just like a regular Hyrule Castle. Or, you know, instead of like an area set, you know how sometimes with Lego you get like a thing that you put together. Like I really want the um, the Razorcrest Lego set for the Mandalorian, but you could do like the different Divine Beasts. That'd be yeah, cool. That, yeah, that would be cool, actually. That would be really cool. And that would translate well to Lego. It'd be like the yeah. Star Wars AT-ATs that they have. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> All right, let's keep going. Michaela's back. Should Breath of the Wild 2 have flying mounts? Ooh. I mean, yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure, it why looks not? like a lot of it looks like a lot of it's going to be in the air. I just I would think that it would be closer to an end game thing because um I feel like they already have this like this uh this dynamic that they're going for that's transporting you from sky to ground or what to the surface or whatever and then paragliding obviously from different uh like hopping the the sky islands i don't know what to call them yet there's not a lot to go on but you know maybe later in game you can like earn yourself a loft wing like mount and be able to fly from the different areas because i'm sure that there's different uh you know, far off areas that'll have like these little sky islands. So yeah, I mean, sure, why not? Uh, I think that sure, why not is my answer. I think that that would be really cool. It'd be a nice little homage to Skyward Sword because I mean, like, I have to imagine it would be a Loftwing esque creature that you would be riding. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think like why not? Really, uh, like you said, it looks like the transportation between islands is going to be a big thing. Um, I have to admit, like, I didn't really ride horses at all in breath of the wild just because there like really was no need to because you can just warp from spot to spot and i'm expecting that to be the same case for breath of the wild too but i think that you know the, having the option would be would be very very cool and maybe you could scan the zelda loftwing amiibo and like get like your classic like crimson loftwing that would also be pretty cool yeah that'd be maybe kind of like you got the wolf in uh in the first breath of the wild yeah yeah for sure all right um Mike has a question. Should future Zelda games feature post-game content? Yeah, I I think that yes. they should. I, I always really like post-game content, especially when it's, like, meaningful. I think that Pokemon does this, actually, in, in a decent way, where, like, you can beat the Elite Four, but then, like, there's usually, like, something to do after you kind of achieve your main goal. Um, I'm sure there are other games that do this as well that I'm just not thinking of, but... Uh, yeah, I'm always a big fan of that. Um, you know, other things that just unlock after you've beaten the main game and give you a reason to come back and and replay. So, uh, yeah, I think that that would be uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I imagine, like, um, if Breath of the Wild had done this, it would have been a little bit neat because you get um, that, like, secret scene at the end where Zelda's like, oh, we're going to go check out Rudania. It's acting up again. I would like to, like, do that. Go and check up on the Divine Beasts, how they're doing with their new champions. Um, see how the rest of Hyrule is kind of rebuilding after this calamity has been haunting them for 100 years. I think that would be kind of neat just to kind of give you a little bit of, you know, th- I feel like they kind of they set themselves up for a sequel, but I would like to see the workings of getting there. You know what I mean? Like, just kind of a rebuilding of the world. Right. Yep, I think that would be cool. I, I thought it would have been a cool post game actually to to take the Master Sword back to the Lost Woods as Zelda. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I can understand why they didn't do that. I think, obviously, if you're going to be playing as Zelda, it should be marketed and make a bigger deal. But, I, yeah, I thought that that would have been cool as well for Breath of the Wild specifically. So, yeah, I think that post-game content is always good. It can yep, help elongate the, the amount of hours and, you know, value that you can get from a game. So, definitely. And story. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I'm going to kind of skip and jump around here. Mike has another one. Should future Zelda games portray Link as a more flawed hero? I don't know about this, actually. I, I don't mind seeing Zelda as flawed. I don't mind seeing Ganondorf as flawed or, like, King Rome or, like, those characters. There's something to me that's, like, very special about Link and, like, he just... He's kind of, like, your symbol of, like, do what's right in the face of, like, all of these odds. You know, like, it, he he has the courage to do what's right even when that's that's hard. So I, I kind of like that about Link. And I, I kind of... It's not, like, a part of his character, but it's a part of, his, like, I guess his character that resonates with me. And I feel like probably with a lot of people that he's just, like, kind of, like, this symbol of, like, the goodness that that we can all aspire to. I mean, if if there was something that he had to overcome, that would be, uh, you know, within himself, that he over had to overcome within himself. That, that could be a compelling story as well. And I wouldn't say no to it. And I'm not going to say no to this question either, but I, I do like kind of the the innate goodness of Link as well. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Link is getting a little bit more characterization as the years go on um, before he was literally the person, the avatar for the player, but I feel like he's getting more and more of his own character. So I would love to see a Link that, um, you know, that has some issues because it'd be a little bit more realistic. You know, everybody is going through life and they have tough decisions to make, uh, boundaries to set and things that are really really hard and difficult and i think that would be interesting to see in a game that is supposed with a character that's supposed to be your avatar so you know being able to see him make difficult decisions um probably the decisions that uh you know are for the greater good for everybody versus you know for one person or that kind of thing because you see that in all kind of hero esque stories you know are you going to save the greater the the mass population or are you going to save the one person so it kind of it kind of makes things a little bit more interesting makes the heroes a little more human um and gives them a little bit more um i'd just say some like an interesting flair versus like i i don't disagree with the innate goodness but it, it just feels like it's just like okay he's good you know there's nothing more interesting than that that's fair. I, I feel like what you described, I like for characters like Zelda. I like for characters like, you know, supporting characters. There's just like, I can't ever see Link being like, I'm not going to save this one guy because it's going to save like 100 people. Like, I feel like Link would be like, I'm saving this one guy and those 100 people, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, that's kind of what I like about him, but I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Something that I always thought of, actually, this is like my own headcanon coming in here. A good mystery that you can infer from the game, by the way, is in Link's Awakening when, you know, Link decides to awaken the Windfish. Uh, I would like to think that there was some turmoil going on there. Like, should I do this? Oh, should yeah. I not do this? Yeah. So I, I thought that that was kind of uh, an interesting aspect to his character as well. They don't, I mean, they don't really explore that in the game, but I, I thought that that was, uh, was cool for myself anyways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Definitely. Uh, which champion would you like to have... Would you most like to have their own spinoff game? This comes from John. I say Mifa because Mifa is my favorite. <laughs> um, I mean, oh, this is hard because I would feel like I would want maybe a spinoff game for all of the champions, just kind of split them up. But uh, one that would be the most interesting, I, I would say either Mifa or Bosa because I just feel like they have they have a lot of weight on their shoulders as far as like ruling their regions. And I guess Daruk and, and uh, Rivali do too, but it's just more like Mifa's a princess and, and Urbosa's the chief of these like warrior woman people. And I don't know, something about that is just like, I would kind of like to see the decisions they have to make as far as like protecting their own and integrating themselves with the rest of Hyrule. I, I just feel like that's, that'd be something that'd be interesting to see. Especially with the Yiga, I think Urbosa would have a, a pretty interesting story with the Yiga kind of trying to uh, mess things up. <laughs> All right. 
Well, we're, we're scraping the bottom of the barrel with this next one here, but here we go. This is from Heather. Which Zelda character would you get coffee with? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, um, Heather, I'll drink coffee with anybody. I come on this show every single week talking about how I just got a double-double. I don't care. I'll have coffee with anybody. Care. I kind of, my first thought was, um, God, I have to. Let me take that in. back. I, I will not have coffee with Ilya or Aster. They cannot sit at my table. I will not drink coffee with them. <laughs> I'm going to give them wow. burnt coffee. There's nothing uh, worse than burnt coffee. We all know that. I, um, the first person who pops into my mind, because I'm such a, it's so funny, because I think she's just so cute, and I love her, is Henna from Twilight Princess. She's the fishing, fishing, uh, like, fishing area girl, and she kind of takes you in the boat or talks to you about roll goal or whatever. I just think she's so cute, and she'd be fun to get coffee with. I can't even picture who Henna from Twilight Princess is. <laughs> Let's see. Okay, let's see. Henna, Twilight Princess. I accidentally spelled it Henma, so let's hope that Google knows what I'm talking about. <laughs> Henma. Uh, okay, well, she's not as deformed as the rest of the cast of Twilight <laughs> Princess, so that, there's something. Good pick. Good pick. I um, she would be a, a cute friend like to have and to just get along with. I, I'd get coffee with Ganondorf. if would be like, bro, what makes you tick? Why do you do the things that you do? Why do you cause so much trouble for Hyrule? He's just got, like, Calamity Ganon sitting in a chair next to you. Like, I don't know, man. I'm just really mad. Uh, Calamity Ganon definitely <laughs> drinks black coffee, too. He doesn't put any <laughs> cream. He doesn't put any sugar. Um, nothing. So, yeah, I, I would pick his brain. Um, okay, this is actually kind of an interesting question here. And I'm going to let you go first, Allison. This is from okay. Shaquel. Should Link and Zelda swap roles? Yes. Okay. I mean, why not? Like, I, I've seen really cool, like, uh, concept art and stuff like that of where Zelda is the hero and Link is the prince that has to be saved and that kind of thing. I've seen it, and I think it would be fun. Why not? I, this isn't a gender war fight, whatever, that's been going on for years. I just think it would be fun to have them kind of swap their, their, like, roles in the entire universe of what's going on. You know, Zelda being out there, being the one who's in a... Uh, innately good and making the good decisions as a hero and link over here struggling to rule a whole freaking nation or whatever the heck hyrule is you know and struggling with some of the same things that zelda struggles with especially in breath of the wild she she got a huge like characterization with that so i think that would be kind of fun to see them swap and how different they would be or the different decisions that they would make because they are still link and zelda they just their roles are switched so when I first saw this question, I had kind of a, a couple immediate answers pop into my head. The, the first one that immediately popped in my head was like, sure, that'd be fine. And then I was just like, Ugh, you know what, actually, like when I'm thinking of this and, and the way that it's framed with like Link and Zelda having roles, I was just like, okay, well, it's to me, I'm assuming the role that Shaquille is talking about is like Zelda gets captured, Link goes and rescues her. And I, I wouldn't want to see that either way, actually. Like, I, I feel like we're just kind of over that, right? Like, where, where the princess is oh, captured yeah, and the Zelda hero has captured. to go rescue yeah. her. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't want to see that for Link and Zelda. I don't want to see that for Zelda and Link. Like, I think we can do something better. Um, now, if you're asking me, like, let's look at Skyward Sword, for example. Like, the roles where, where Zelda's kind of on one parallel journey doing her thing and Link is on a parallel journey doing his thing which is maybe more directly with uh I, I don't know directly confronting the evils where zelda's maybe doing some other like augmenting stuff to kind of boost up the, whatever she's doing right like yeah I, I think i'd be totally down to see that where zelda's kind of like your your like action heroine for the game and link is doing like the supporting stuff or he's creating spells or he's empowering his holy magic or what you know what whatever he's doing right so i i think that i'd be totally down to see that I think like I just want like a really cool game and scenario where like you you can either play as both Zelda and Link and they're doing cool stuff in the game or a cool game where you just play as Zelda. Um, Link can be there, but uh, you know he do he doesn't necessarily <laughs> have to be captured or like the dude could just be busy or he could be like he could be somewhere else or like this is something that Zelda has to do right. So I, yeah. yes, I would like to play as Zelda, and no, I wouldn't like to see Link like captured or locked away but i don't i also don't want to see zelda captured or locked away i'm just like 
Like that's just okay. so it's so tired. Like let's let's just leave that in the eighties, right? Like where it belongs. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. Um, this is another kind of cool question here. Sean asks, what do you want the future of DLC to look like for the Zelda series? I think that the Zelda series is rolling along with DLC in a pretty good way, actually. I thought the Champions Ballad was really good. I thought that the support that they had for Cadence of Hyrule was really good. Um, I thought, like, we kind of dogged on the DLC for Age of Calamity, but I actually thought that, like, the like what the DLC entailed, which is, like, new characters, new maps, new weapons, and stuff like that, was actually pretty good. It's just that the story was kind of lousy, so that took it down a little bit. Um, but I, I think that for future of DLC, I always prefer, like, substantial story DLC for a game, like mm -hmm. a big open-world game like a Breath of the Wild. I think that, like, if you can have a new story element to that game, then that is the way to go. Whereas, like, if you have a smaller game, like um, like A Link's Awakening, I think that DLC that would have worked for that game would have been, like, an expansion to the chamber dungeon or like a new, uh, I don't know, randomizer or like something like that. But like, I think for a game, the, the depth of breath of the wild, like you want something substantial. So I, I feel like it kind of depends on, on the game, but uh, yeah, I, I think that they, they've got kind of a good feng shui going on right now. I think they, um I think they get it as far as what DLC is supposed to be. And so I kind of want them to continue. But whenever I think of really good DLC, I always go back to Skyrim. I feel like Skyrim had, like, bomb DLC. They had Dawnguard. They had Dragonborn. And then they had something kind of fun that was Hearthfire where you could, like, make your own house. And so I feel like uh, the, oh, the name just slipped. But the DLC for Breath of the Wild did that um, where they had a whole other quest line that continued the story and gave you a whole nother dungeon to do, other uh, shrines to do. I thought that was perfect. And that's similar to what Skyrim does, is there's this whole other region to explore, these other crypts to go in and do the dungeon-like uh, crypts or whatever, and then a whole, like, another bad or w whatever you want to call it to defeat in order to help save Skyrim. So, like, I feel like Nintendo knows what the DLC is supposed to be doing, and they did it. Um, well for Breath of the Wild so I'm just hoping for if they continue that they would continue to use that kind of mechanic just keep it interesting because I because with you know the last DLC for Age of Calamity it wasn't that great it wasn't that interesting so just keep what they're doing just keep going but put more work into it than oh they can infer what Aster is or what's going on with Aster you know what I mean <laughs> right uh, yep great answer all right this is uh, this is another kind of fun question here. Uh, Joseph asks, "What is your favorite version of Zelda's Dead Man's Volley?" Yes. Good question. I love hey? this question. Uh, and you know what? I feel like a lot of people disagree with me, but that's okay. This is my favorite one. It's uh, Phantom Ganon from Wind Waker because of the interactive music that happens, like the interactive notes that happens when you're when you're doing the volley. So every time you hit the like energy ball, the music does this like this like tense like uh thing and it picks up speed and then phantom again and hits it back and it keeps getting faster and faster and faster until you finally hit him and then the music like hits a crescendo and it's like it's just super interactive and it gets me really going every time i do it and the sucky thing is that fight is not that long <laughs> it's really not so it always disappoints me when i finish it in like two turns versus like i would like it to be three or four right uh yeah i was thinking about this and i wanted to be like a little bit more original than I think I'm going to end up being. But <laughs> so, so first of all, I think like this is obviously a much better mechanic in 3d Zeldas than it is in 2d Zeldas. So mm. I'm, I'm going to disqualify all the 2d games right away. Uh, you know, like I was thinking and I just, I don't know that anything really beats Ganondorf from Ocarina of Time for me. Like it's, it was so awesome. Um, yeah. especially when he does like, he has both hands over his head and he's got like the big, purple orb going and you could spin attack all of that back to him like that is so it's so good um and the it's setting very cinematic moment oh, yeah it's awesome and like the setting is is fantastic even i think i've told this story before on the pod but like uh like so obviously there was performance issues with like lag and stuff like that back in the day and like your game would kind of be chugging along but like i'm a kid and i'm just like oh my god this is awesome link is in slow motion jumping towards ganondorf and i'm about to slash him right so like it was so cool uh, I, you know, I, I feel like we should give a shout out to the possessed 
Princess Zelda from Twilight mm-hmm. Princess. That was a good one. Uh, even Phantom Ganon in the Forest Temple was a good one. But yeah, I, I mean, I think it's got to be, it's got to be Cuba Ganondorf. Sisters, if if you're not speedrunning Cuba Sisters, is also pretty cool. Like that was that that was the stylist. Uh, controls in phantom hourglass done right that was kind of a neat interactive yeah, yeah I, i'd be willing to say that yeah yeah that was uh that was really fun that one as well um so yeah i mean there's a lot of them a lot of uh it now was just kind of charming when you see it because it's like all right here we go i know what to do yeah, now you know i agree and i get i get hyped for it whenever i see it i'm like oh yes <laughs> i i can't remember I, I don't think that we saw this really in breath of the wild did we I wanted yeah. to say maybe well, with Thunderblight, but I think I'm just making. I'm think I'm making that up. No, because um, you get electrocuted from the, <laughs> anything Thunderblight throws at you. No, I can't think of anything. I think maybe just like the lasers, uh, what they did in Age of Calamity with that uh, the tested uh, guardian. Right. Um, you can kind of dead man's volley the laser with the tested guardian. Okay. Uh, I guess at least I twice. I I've never done it more than twice because it tends to like be like okay you're done and it doesn't let you do it anymore i guess like i guess people when guardians shoot them in breath of the wild equip their shield or whatever and bounce it back like that's yeah that's what i mean yeah yeah i guess that's kind of sort of it's not the same but it's It's not just a little um okay shikel has another question here should breath of the wild be a trilogy so i think that yes it should and it will i think that it will um my my original thought actually was like Age of Calamity was going to be a part of that trilogy, but I think that that is obviously not the case. So yeah, I'm going back to my original. Like I think that it should, I think that it will, and uh, yeah. Um, I'm the same. Where I thought that Age of Calamity was going to make it um a trilogy because it was going to be the, like the prequel and then the Breath of the Wild two was going to be the sequel, but then it didn't happen, and now I have this really sour feeling about Age of Calamity. So I'm kind of at this point, depending on how much Breath of the Wild two impresses me, I'm kind of at the point where I'm okay with it being a duology. Like I'm, a, I like duology. Sometimes it's just you don't need more than that. So. You know, Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, they fit into that very well. So I'd be totally okay if it was just the duology and you kind of have the side game of Age of Calamity that's like the the weird cousin that you don't like to talk to very much. But, you know, so I depending on how Breath of the Wild 2 does, if it makes me want to have more after that, then yeah, good. But at, at this point, I'm kind of like, I'm kind of Breath of the Wild out because of Age of Calamity. Right. <laughs> I'm blaming that game. <laughs> Uh, fair enough. I, I think that, you know, Breath of the Wild was so successful that yeah. e- even like even if the next let's say that the next Zelda game after Breath of the Wild isn't like they don't market it as the sequel to the sequel of Breath of the Wild. Right. Like I, I think that the next mainline Zelda game is going to be a very Breath of the Wild esque type game. Right. Like I, I just think that that's like the new kind of normal now. Like, whereas after Ocarina of Time, we had Wind Waker, Twilight, Skyward, and those, those all kind of had the same, you know, DNA. And I think that we're seeing that now with uh, Breath of the Wild, Breath of the Wild 2, and whatever game comes out after that. So Mm -hmm. even if it's not like an official, like the Mass Effect trilogy, like it'll still be, I think, pretty close. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Put your thinking cap on here, Allison, because Jill has a zinger for you. What is your least favorite water-themed dungeon? I'll I don't go have first. to think about this very hard. I feel like we're going to have the same one. All right. Well, go um, for it. It's no no points for guessing here. Uh, Lake, <laughs> Lake Bed Temple. I yes. <laughs> hate this temple. I do. I, I hate it. Uh, like, the thing about, you know, the thing about everybody complains about the, the water temple from Ocarina of Time, and that is a very daunting dungeon if you do not know what you're doing and and even if you do know what you're doing it can be very daunting because it's very different it's not a linear progression there's like one central room and you have to go all around and you have to kind of collect your keys before you spend them all and if you don't do that then there's going to be a lot of dead ends where you have to go back and find somewhere else to get a key so i can see that being the answer especially on the n64 version because you have to pause the game switch out your iron boots and then uh put the boots on and off and on and off so I can see that being a viable option for some people, but I really like that dungeon. I think that, uh, let's see, 
Ancient Cistern, if you want to call that a water dungeon, is like one of the best in the series. Um, I think that there are there are a couple two D dungeons that are that are water themed that are all like pretty good. Like we, uh, the names are escaping me, but the ones in the Oracle games I thought were pretty good. So I mean, really, it's like it's lake bed by a mile for me. It, it like it's a confusing dungeon, but not. I don't know. Maybe it's just because I don't know how to do it, but like. It's just like, I feel like I'm always rotating the stupid water slide things and they never go where I need them to go. It takes forever to do. Um, I I don't think that the boss is particularly fantastic. It's probably the weakest boss in the game, actually, which Twilight Princess has very strong bosses. So take that for what you will. But yeah, it's just, it's confusing. Um, I don't particularly like it. And yeah, I just, yeah, yeah. Lake bed. <laughs> Ugly. <laughs> Um, I agree. I'm not a fan of Lake Bed. And it's funny because I'm one of those people that is like, uh, Ocarina of Time, Water Dungeon is not that hard. Just know, like, once you kind of done it a couple times, you get the gist of it and it's easy to go through. But I feel like people are saying that to me when it comes to Lake Bed. Like, I'm the person that's just like, this dungeon is confusing. It's stupid. And other yeah. people are like, it's really not if you know what you're doing. And I'm like, I don't want to know what I'm doing. I'm just being stubborn. Yeah, I just but- want to get out of here. Yeah, it's just, it's not, I and I like some of the dungeons in Twilight Princess, but again, I have this issue with some of Twilight Princess being a chore, and I feel like Lake Bed is just like, I just get there and I'm like, oh my god, I really don't want to do this. I have no hype for this dungeon whatsoever. Uh, it's just, it feels like a huge chore going through it and trying to remember which direction you're supposed to be pushing the water or the slides or the whatever, and... I'm sure that, you know, people who speedrun this game and do this game regularly, they get it. And it's and it's probably pretty decent for them. It's just, it's not for me. And I totally admit that is because I'm too stubborn to figure it out myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, so just taking a quick look here. I think Tower of the Gods. Well, you Would you consider that a water-based dungeon? I think I would. Mm, no. No, I no? wouldn't. Okay. No, because you can the, skip the, the bottom. Whole first floor. I like the bottom. Okay, well, nobody does that. Nobody yeah. actually does that. <laughs> it's it's, but it, it's like a lot of surface. You you don't really go under the water or anything. When I think of a water dungeon, I think a lot of. I get the theme of water, but like I think a lot of going underwater and All right, that's being fair. in the water. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's fair. Jabu Jabu, by the way, was who I was trying to think of earlier from Oracle of Ages. I think that's a fun dungeon. Um, mm. I was just racking my brain too. I think the Great Bay is, I think that's actually a, a fairly confusing dungeon with a lackluster boss and a lackluster dungeon item. But I think that the aesthetic of the dungeon itself looks really cool. It's like this factory. It's got like all these like uh, yeah, it's interesting bright lights looking. that that guide the path. So I, I think that I would edge that over. Over. And I kind of uh, like Lake the Bed. um. I kind of like the water dungeons from like A Link to the Past and A Link Between Worlds too. I like those ones. They're they're fun where, again, you're changing like the levels of the water, but it's not as hard to figure out in my opinion. Yeah. Angler's Tunnel, I think, is is one of the good ones from Link's Awakening as well. So, yeah, man, it's Lake Bed. Sorry. Sorry for Twilight Princess. Although I did put Twilight Princess over by by saying what great bosses it had, so. It does have very good bosses. Very... Very fantastical, huge, imposing bosses that are fun to fight. Uh, okay, this is a great question, and uh, let's answer for each other. So I'm going to answer what yours is. You're going to answer what mine is. Sean asks, what is your favorite Nintendo franchise besides The Legend of Zelda? So Allison, for me, since it's obviously Metroid, you're not allowed to say Metroid. So you have to go for my third favorite. What? Oh my god, I don't know. F. Uh, Pokemon? <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I don't know myself. After Ze- <laughs> after Zelda and Metroid, like it it could be Pokemon, definitely. It could be like it could be Super Mario. It could be Donkey Kong too. Actually, like I love Donkey oh Kong Country. Gosh. Um, I hold on. Let me look at what I got here. Yeah, I'm like looking at my games. Like, what do I actually have? What right, What so do we... I play that isn't Zelda? Uh, okay. This is this is my answer. It's either Pokemon, it's either Donkey Kong Country, or it's either Pikmin. Okay. I think I think it's Donkey Kong Country though. I, I think I have to say. All right, there you but, go. But but barely over Pokemon, barely. Uh, so for you, I think it's between Animal Crossing and Pokemon, and I I'm gonna say Pokemon. Yeah, it's Pokemon for okay. sure. Um, yeah. I like Animal Crossing, but the thing is that I've only been playing, 
uh, New Horizons. Like, I have never been into Animal Crossing before. I just, they happened to release a really, really good console game when I finally got into the series, and I love it. So that's good. I just don't know if I would say it's one of my favorite Nintendo series up there. I love Pokemon, though. And right. the, and I'll admit, I've been getting a lot more into it in the last couple of years than I have been in a long time. So uh, This Arceus game looks awesome. We're going to do an Arceus it episode so when good. that comes out. Yes. Like, I don't care what anybody says. People, not everybody liked our Sword and Shield episode, but I don't care. We're just going to do it because it looks awesome. That was awesome. a fun episode, though. That I was really fun. like talking about it. Sometimes you just got to do other stuff. We do that on the Metroid show. I mean, we do Inspired by Metroid. We talk, we talk about Guacamelee or we talk about Alien Isolation and, uh, you know, a lot of uh, a go. lot of good games out there that people don't necessarily know about unless you kind of get guided to them. So, yeah, we're, I, I, mean, I mean, nobody needs be to be guided to Pokemon, but... <laughs> Let's be real. Nobody's talking about freaking Zelda right now in the Zelda news sphere. So let, if we have to talk about Pokemon, we will. <laughs> yeah. All right. We got two. We got two quick ones here from Brittany. She asks, is it time to move past Amiibo for Zelda games? No. Ah. No, I love, I love Amiibo. I love collecting Amiibo. Um, I, I, I like to think of Amiibo as like collectibles that, if you choose to also unlock like a quick little bonus something in your game, mm-hmm. I, I don't think of them as like paid DLC. And I know that some people do and I yeah. get that, but I I've never looked at them that way. Um, it's kind of like, I, I didn't look at my Zelda game and watch that way. I looked at it as a collectible that just yeah. happened to play some Zelda games. Right. So yes. yeah, I, I love Amiibo. I, I wish there was more Amiibo to be honest. Like I wish there was, different characters different you know, different games represented uh, i would love to have at least like a character from from every game i think that would be so awesome like you could have like lineback amiibo like Roos amiibo Ooh, um amiibo. What, was, what was the fish girl that you're having coffee with what was her name henna <laughs> yeah let's get henna in here uh so yeah I, I love amiibo i, I think that uh, that they definitely have a role to play and i think that breath of the wild like really did a good job with amiibo and like giving you the different costumes and stuff and and all that i i still think that that might be the best usage of amiibo like that that there is actually um i'm kind of in agreement where i think of amiibo as a collectible so i don't really get any other amiibo um except for zelda like those are the only amiibo that i get and even with animal crossing because they have the amiibo cards i recently just ordered some like little amiibo coins so i can get more characters in my game but that's pretty much it like i just think they're like the funko pop of nintendo for me and um in fact i would love to have some zelda funko pops um i i majorly collect the mandalorian funko pops and they could they could take a break from that seriously because they're breaking my wallet at this point but (laughs) but that's kind of how i think about them is i like to display them Sometimes I occasionally use them, especially with my speed run for Breath of the Wild, because I need them for that. And um, some of the mechanics they have in other games, like Skyward Sword HD and that sort of thing. But I just, I just really like the way they look um, with the rest of my Zelda collection. And if they keep making more, great. I don't really care about the functionality if they keep making more in the future, because I feel like, I feel like I'm a amiibo functionality may be coming to an end soon, maybe in the next like three or four years. But aside from that, I'm totally okay with having more, more amiibo. Just keep it at the rate that the rate that they've been having, because at the rate that Funko Pop is moving, <laughs> I'm going to be broke. <laughs> well, now that Smash is done, I mean the the production will certainly slow down. So yeah. there you go. Um, another good question here, and I think there is only one correct answer. But Brittany asks, which Zelda title had the best physical pre-order bonuses? Ooh has to be it has to be the wind waker i I think undisputedly because with with that you got ocarina of time master quest oh and i don't somebody correct me if i'm wrong but like i don't think you paid for it i think it was just like it came with with the game like if you pre-ordered it so like it was a complete disc with ocarina of time and ocarina of time master quest i remember getting it as a kid and i was like this is awesome. I can play Ocarina of Time on my GameCube. This rocks. Uh, I know I know the Forest Temple, but now it's all different. Like, this is awesome. So, to me, that's, like, far and away the the answer. Um, I have to go with what I, I... It's hard for me to say because I... While I've 
loved the Zelda series my whole life. I haven't been this in tune with it until 2013. So I have to go with um, what I've been around for, like in this community for. And that would either be, my answer is Breath of the Wild, obviously, but Majora's Mask 3D had that really cool, um, if you got like the collector's edition or whatever, had that cool uh, Skull Kid figurine. Yep. Um, or when you get to Breath of the Wild, and I didn't get the master version of the collector's edition. I would, I wasn't fast enough, but they had that cool um, uh, master sword figurine, or they had like the maps. Um, they had, they had a bunch of stuff. They had, um, God, I can't even think of it. But they had those different, like the three different tiers of what you could order and then it came with really cool bonuses and you like everybody wanted them and it was such a huge deal to get into those uh pre-orders so i feel like i feel like breath of the wild did the best and i'm really kind of worried that they're not going to be the same with breath of the wild too i feel like all that's kind of died down recently because scalpers oh i think they'll have something for breath of the wild too they they you know what actually they have the special edition they have the special edition for metro dread and that was like very reasonable i didn't see like stock shortages anywhere actually oh that's cool yeah um, let me tell you a story cool. about that that breath of the wild uh master sword collectible so i was i was in line march 3rd 2017 in the morning to buy my switch and to buy breath of the wild i got there like seven in the morning i obviously i had a pre-ordered right so like i i knew i was getting my copy but i got up mm-hmm. there and uh and i'm i'm ringing it through and they're like do you want the collector's edition and I'm looking down, and I'm already spending, like, 500 bucks because I'm buying the game, the system, the Amiibo. And I was like, oh, my God, can I, like, should I upgrade this or whatever? And, and I was, I made this incredibly boneheaded decision. I was like, no, it's okay. I'll just stick with my standard version. So I got home, yeah. and, like, a, two years later, I was like, what am I thinking? I need this Master Sword. So I tracked it down, and actually, uh, one of the listeners to our to our show, a uh, uh, lady or a person named uh, Jen actually uh was was reached out to me to see if i could promote a it's like a charity stream or something and this would be the auction and i was like how much do you want for it i'll donate whatever you want to charity if you ship me this this statue and so they did and uh i got it that way so it was really awesome but when i moved into my house last year i'm unpacking all my zelda stuff and i'm looking around and i'm like oh man my my statue is broken and I look over and I see my cat batting around the silent princess on the floor, chasing it. So I was just oh. like, "Ugh!" So my flower is unfortunately snapped off. That's but the rest so of it lame. is great. Looks Aww. good. But I I understand that feeling where you're like, "Ooh, I should get this right now!" Like the the higher tier version of the collectible or whatever. And then I'm like, "Nah, I I'm good with this version or I'm good with whatever until later." And then it's no longer available later. For example, creating a champion, I have the first two editions, the the regular and then the hero uh, edition, I think it is. But there's the champions edition that I can't find anywhere because I was dumb and I didn't buy it right away, so oh, I man. can't find it for crap, and that sucks because I had two of the three. <laughs> that is too bad. Yeah. I remember um, the Majora's Mask one you're talking about. I remember I was actually kind of PO'd because I couldn't find that one anywhere. And yeah. that that is one that I would have 100% spent that extra money on. But alas, I ended up finding it last year, actually. I bought it from some guy. So I have that one as well. Oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah. I'll it's take a picture cool of my updated Zelda things. collection. I'll post it on Twitter for everyone to check out. Nice. Um, it's always okay. cool when you can you can find that stuff. Because I also wanted the, the collector's edition of Hyrule Historia. And I found a really good, decent price on it. Because right now it's like spendy. Like $300. Yeah. Yeah. I was looking at that the other day, actually. And it's it's gone up. Yeah. Um, all right. Two more and then we'll get out of here. Um, which Zelda game were you most excited about before its release? I mean, come on. Breath Again. of the Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Again, it's, it's when you're... When you're a part of this community, everybody is hyping it up with you that it just gives it that much more magnetism of your excitement. Because, you know, when I was growing up and I saw the next game coming out, I was like, okay, cool, I'll get the next Zelda game. Awesome. But when you're in this community or you're paying attention to the news with these people, whether you're writing about it or reading about it, it just gives you that much more of a hype factor. And I was there for the whole entirety of Breath of the Wild versus all the other Zelda games. So, yeah, Breath of the Wild for sure. I I mean, I've been there pretty much since day one like back after after i got into ocarina of time they, like zelda was was my thing and like saying that nothing compares to breath of the wild it was like this mythical game 
you know, yeah. in a sense, where, like... It kept getting delayed. That all, kept getting that... delayed. There was this secret mystery Nintendo system that was going to yeah. <laughs> change the world. And, and I mean... It, and it did. <laughs> it sort of did, in a way. Um, yep. Th- that you didn't hear anything about it for so long. It, it just had this mystique about it that I... I don't... Like, I don't think that Breath of the Wild 2 has been able to have that same mystique because... I don't know. It's like it's probably because of COVID. I imagine it probably Just... because you know that there's a reason for its delay. Like there's no new hardware coming out, and like you don't know anything yeah. about it. But yeah, I think that Breath of the Wild definitely. Like I mean, we did a whole show about that Zelda trailer, right? It's yeah. I oh, watched I watched that last week, dude, and I was like. Got my goosebumps going on. I was like, I had tears <laughs> swelling in my eyes. Dwarfen high. Just watch that, that oh. trailer. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely Breath of the Wild. Speaking of trailers, this is our last one from Sean. How many more trailers do you want to see for Breath of the Wild two before it's release? Well, Sean, that depends. <laughs> that depends on what kind of trailer we're talking about here. If yeah. we're talking about the lame sizzle reel gameplay footage trailer from E three can have a million of those it doesn't matter it does like it doesn't matter you can have you can have a half hour gameplay feature of that and it doesn't matter to me um however if we're talking about big story trailers the kind of trailers that sell games okay the, the trailer that we saw at e3 did not sell that that doesn't sell video games the trailer that we were just talking about for breath of the wild that sells video games. That sells systems. If we're talking about a trailer like that, give me like one or two. Maybe maybe two. And uh, I think that's all you need. Yeah, I think one or two is fine. I kind of feel like uh, I love trailers and I get super hyped, especially like when you're going about uh, the movie industry. I get super into them. I kind of feel it's so weird because I was one of those people that was just like, when are we going to get a No Way Home trailer? When are we going to get it? And when we finally got it, I was like, yes, I'm satisfied. And then they gave us another a couple weeks ago, and I was like, yes, I'm even more satisfied. But now they're releasing all these little tidbits, all these like TV spots, and I'm so over it. I'm just like, no, stop doing that. You're giving away too much of the movie. <laughs> Why yeah. are you doing that? So I don't want Nintendo to overdo it. I'm totally okay with one or two giant, massive uh you know breath of the wild tier trailers one in march would be great and one at e3 would be great and i'm i'm good i'm golden i would be, i'm sold for the game even if it comes out in november you know you saw that thing in the no way home trailer where they like edited out something right and like oh yeah the, yeah, the yeah. Is a lizard seen, is seen, punching the air or something literally i've seen everything and it's we've become a monster us marvel fans with with trailers now analyzing every single second so i know a lot of crap that's gonna happen in this movie already and that's why i'm saying don't release too much because people are just analyzing every single thing and they're catching that stuff you know man so they they gotta have hero by chad kroger come back in that movie (laughs) speaking of best songs of all time i mean that's that's gotta be up there right i like that song and they say that hero. Can... Oh my God! Good stuff. Yeah. Good that's stuff. Good uh, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna. Play... Don't you forget about me in the outro for this week, by the way, just to give our fans a little little nice. jamaroo on the way out of here. Um, and we we ourselves are going to jamaroo out of here. We uh, <laughs> we're open to have some Zelda stuff, some real Zelda stuff to talk about here sometime soon, by God. But uh, until then. We're going to keep plugging away and uh, giving you that Zelda fix as best as we can. Uh, we want to encourage everybody to head on over to Twitter. Check us out. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. Um, I got a new computer coming, man. So we're going to get that Champions Cast Twitch up and up and going here pretty quick. So that's going to be pretty exciting. So head on over to Twitch. Make sure that you are subscribed to Champions Cast over there. And make sure that you're subscribed to the Champions Cast wherever you get your podcast podbean itunes spotify google Podcasts. you know the drill like and subscribe until next week everybody we will see you then take care don't you forget about me
above me. Look, my. 